guys, my name is Rhea and this is Was That Good For You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kink to self-love to long-distance dating and everything in between. Today's topic is going to be, I mean, it's kind of a lot of different topics, but we're going to cover a bunch of stuff from sexual confidence to lack of desire to guilt and shame around sex. Um, today's guest is... Lacey Broussard. Thanks for coming on, Lacey. Do you want to tell my uh, listeners a little bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. I mainly work with women that lack desire and want to feel sexy again. <laughs> so that's my my main area of focus. I love that. How did you how did you get started with that? Yeah, I actually started this business after noticing how many women, especially after they had kids, struggled with their sex lives. Yeah. I had my kids really young. I was 23 and 25 when I had two kids. And okay. Most of my friends hadn't had them at that point. And then, like, you know, by the time I got in my, my early 30s, like right when I turned around 30, uh, most of my friends started having kids. And I was working in a birth center. And it just became like a, an ongoing joke that, like, you know, after you have kids, your sex life is kind of over. And yeah. I'm like, that's so not true for me. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, just knowing that women really struggled um, in that big life transition, you just inspired me to want to help them. So I totally signed up to do a sex love relationship coach training and it's totally changed my life. And obviously it's helping so many other people too. I love that. Why do you think you kind of had like an inert way of just keeping that part of you versus some women who maybe lose it? Well, part of the reason that I feel like I didn't is because I was also learning the jade egg practice. Okay. <laughs> and that's uh, one of our our points of focus, I guess, on today's conversation. So I'll, I guess I could share a little bit about it now if you want. Yeah, let's, let's jump right into it because I actually don't know anything about it, but I'm very curious. So I would I would love for you to give me as well just kind of a little um, history about it and, and exactly what it is. Yeah, totally. So the jade egg practice is an ancient Taoist practice. So it comes from ancient China. And it's been around for about 1,500 years. And it was developed by women for the high priestesses and courtesans of China at the time. Wow. And it was, yeah, it's like it has the most fascinating history, actually. Uh, only the women that were high priestesses and courtesans were the women really allowed to be in their sexual power, to, you know, be sexually expressed and yeah. not be shamed for it, right? Okay. And these women learned this practice called the JDEG um, to help them to be feel more vital inside, to help them uh, maintain their sexuality through the years, uh, to help them feel really good in their bodies. And it's just an egg-shaped stone that you just put in your pussy and you do different squeezes and releases with it. Oh, my God. And different breathwork practices. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty much like yoga for your vagina. <laughs> okay, okay. And so, because I've never heard of this before, how did you even find out about it in the first place? It was totally by accident, actually. I signed up to take a an online business training course uh, from this gal that I was following named Layla Martin, and she was starting a course 
called uh, like a jade egg course. And because I signed up for this online business training through her, somehow I got on her email list from like a Facebook ad. Yeah. Um, I just ended up taking the course for free and I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't even know why I want to do this, but I heard that it could like help you cure your sexual shame, your yeah. body shame. And I had a lot of it. I was like, hmm, wonder, I wonder what this is all about. <laughs> so I just grew up the courage and like took the course anyway, just yeah. out of sheer curiosity. Like it was literally nothing other than I'm really curious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what happened was it completely changed my life. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was epic. Mm-hmm. So, so it, the, go ahead. Is it something that's like for pleasure or is it more about like this, like the spirituality behind it and what it can do for you kind of like sexual health wise? It's for both. Okay. So the main benefits of the jade egg practice are that it's not only going to tone and strengthen your pelvic floor, but it helps you to have lo- longer lasting and stronger orgasms because the research and science has shown us that the more toned and strengthened a woman's pelvic floor is, the stronger and longer her orgasms are going to be. Wow. And it also helps to sensitize the deep vagina so that you can have uh, vaginal orgasms like ace- from your A-spot so you can have cervical orgasms and G-spot orgasms, which are orgasms most women don't really know that they've ever had or may not have ever really experienced. Yeah, because absolutely. when we learn to masturbate or self-pleasure, it's usually just around the clitoris. So uh-huh. like a lot of us are super familiar with the clitoris, but we don't really experience a lot of orgasms or even know who we have and our deep vagina. Wow. And okay. the j can like totally help you do that. Yeah, I feel like one thing that's kind of like always kind of talked <clears throat> about on the podcast is the fact that so many women and so many women I know have such a hard time um, orgasming from penetrative sex. It's like mm-hmm. some huge number of women, like 60 or 70 percent, like cannot come from penetrative sex. So it's really interesting mm-hmm. that there are actually ways that you can kind of help yourself learn to possibly be able to do that because I had no idea that that was even I thought it was one of those things where it's like you're either born with it or you're not (laughs) yeah that's the message that we get and um, sadly it's like we're just now finding out that the clitoris extends way beyond what you can see on the outside that the the actual bulb of the clitoris extends far into the deep vagina so a lot of the orgasms that you can have in your deep vagina like just by using the jade egg you can help to sensitize and stimulate those areas where the clitoral nerves actually do reach but you just don't know that they're there because they're internal wow (laughs) yeah yeah, so it's you can pretty actually wild, but yes, orgasm every, everyone from can the have jade egg. orgasmic experiences there. What's that? So you can actually orgasm from the jade egg. You can have a jade egg orgasm, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not about having an orgasm with the jade egg end, right. but like the effects of the practice are that they really show up in partnered sexual experiences. So like, if you're you if you have penetration and sex, they, it shows up a lot with that. And yeah. honestly, that's like the thing that it really helped me do was like I became super multi orgasmic after I started using a JDIC and I was able to have orgasms from penetration like so easy. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So is this something that you is it something that you recommend more completely for solo play or can somebody like explore a jade egg with a partner? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't advise you to use it with a partner, okay. but you know, you could do that at your own discretion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't want to give yeah. people advice to like be putting it using it as a butt plug or something. It's like <laughs> Right. Yeah, you definitely don't want to use it as an anal plug or butt plug. No, it's not meant to be used in your anus. But yeah, it's like you know, I, I've had sex with it and accidentally once, and it didn't hurt me. How about that? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where, so where can you get one? Uh, I saw one on my website oh, nice. at themultiorgasmicmama.com/shop. Amazing. <laughs> Uh, so on this topic, I feel like we're ta- like we're talking a lot about the egg in the in the context of the fact that it helps women with orgasms. But also, um, is it something? Because I know you talk a lot about like lack of desire, right? Because I have friends even my age, and like you said, that it kind of go- can dwindle down after um, after kids, or maybe if you've been with someone for a long time. But like I said, I have friends who are even like twenty three, twenty four, who are constantly dealing with that, with like this lack of desire after even being with a partner for only two years or not even being with a partner. And it kind of just like, is this ebb and flow? I feel like women seem to struggle with that more than men. Is Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And the reasons are so complex. So for younger women, it usually has to do with, well, number one, not understanding your body. Okay. And not understanding how like female pleasure and orgasm works. Uh, not understanding your sexual breaks and accelerators. Uh, but sometimes it can be underlying trauma and negative sexual conditioning. And right. honestly, a lot of times that is the case. Uh, so that's, it's a really complex subject. So I'm just like, I'm curious, what what about those answers? Might you have more questions about? <laughs> yeah, well, what do you mean? I, I'm sorry, if you could, you said negative sexual conditioning. conditioning. Yeah, I would love to know a little bit more mm-hmm. about what that is. Yeah, well, the negative sexual conditioning is basically none of none of us got raised in a super sex positive environment. Right, absolutely. I mean, even if even if our parents were sex positive, there's always something in your environment that's not. Whether it's the media, whether it's the school you went to, whether it's the religion you got raised in, or whether it's your parents, there's always negative forces, especially around women's sexuality, negative messages that you yeah. get. And a lot of us don't understand how deep that goes and how it sits in our nervous system, which is the main problem. Okay. (laughs) That we think it's our hormones. We think there's something wrong with us. And I just want to say that if you lack sexual desire and you're young and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. Nothing is wrong with you. Like you're not broke. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you. Almost 99% of the time. It's just because you got raised with some really shitty messages about sex, female pleasure, and orgasm. Yeah, I feel like especially women are just kind of raised to be very shameful about sex. I mean, I grew up personally, my my household wasn't super religious, but I went to private Catholic school from 3 to 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I always talk about like how I feel. I don't know necessarily exactly when it's going to happen but like something will come up and I'll get this like pang of like Catholic guilt (laughs) and I'm like oh that's weird because I like you know host a sex podcast and I'm pretty open and like something will happen 
and it'll just like hit me out of nowhere. Like I'll be super sexually open with my partner and doing all these, you know, kinky things and feel fine. And then I'll like say, oh my God. And like in certain instances, I'll be like, oh my God, I just said that during sex. I'm going to hell. Like, and like it immediately like takes me out of the moment. And so it like hits me yeah. in these random times that I don't even know it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It does. And that's where you've got to like really work and do the inner work to get that inner Catholic nun like under control right yeah because it's there (laughs) for sure yeah like we all have that uh that shame voice right and and our sexual experiences at some point like you might not have it all the time but yeah like you said when I do really kinky stuff sometimes I'll have that shame voice pop up that even though logically you don't believe any of the stuff that you got was got taught was true Uh your body still holds on to it yeah. And that's what I'm saying, like, really releasing that stuff from your body. Sexuality is, is imprinted on our deep primal brain, like the unconscious brain. So even though you don't agree with, you know, maybe you don't, you don't, you don't agree with the Catholic shame around sex, but if that's what you got grown up with or that's what you got taught, your unconscious brain does not agree. Yeah. And that's, why you have that feeling right like oh, shit there's a shame again yeah <laughs> damn it and that's what's so hard is that juxtaposition between like our our literal animal side of us that is primal and that wants to have sex and understands that it's like a natural part and then like what the media mm-hmm. has taught us especially as women and trying to like balance that and f- and like no wonder women have such a hard time orgasming because like what like a very two conflicting huge things in our life for us to be like having to deal with no kidding, right? Yeah, that's what I mean by negative sexual conditioning, that there's like always something in our environment that we have growing up that we get messages that aren't positive about sex. So yeah. like sometimes when I'm working with women, like one of the first things to have them do is rewrite their sexual narrative. Like, well, if you did get raised in a super sex positive home uh-huh. and your religion was lo- like celebrated sexuality and you got taught in a school system all about female pleasure and all the boys got taught about how to pleasure women like oh my god (laughs) can you like even imagine how different our sex lives would be oh my god I feel like even some people I know that grew up in very like lenient households they might not feel necessarily shame but they may have like a hard time communicating or like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean there's so many different things like now that you're talking about it that I feel like come conditioned and affect you now in your adult sex life yeah totally and it's almost like the older you get the more it comes up and the more you're like oh my god I can't believe this is still affecting me yeah like I have clients in their 30s 40s whatever they kind of be like I see like I'm a super empowered feminist like why can't I have an orgasm <laughs> or why is it not easier you know yeah and I'm like because you might logically think that with your conscious brain, but your subconscious brain doesn't believe it's actually safe to like let go and receive and surrender and like enjoy pleasure. <laughs> so there's a dissonance going on between yeah. the mind and the body. And you really got to like work with the body in order to heal that. And then the jade egg practice is why I use it with my female clients because it is a somatic body-based practice to help get that junk out of your body. Yeah, absolutely. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that makes so much sense. So is that what you so if somebody comes to you and they have these kind of underlying condition issues, is that something you work? I know you said you 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 have them rewrite the narrative around sex. So like what does that look like? Well, when you're rewriting the sexual narrative, that's like a very top-down approach okay. to working with our sexual conditioning. But since you know, like I was saying, there's there's a lot in our bodies that we're not getting out either because all of this conditioning and trauma that we experience around our sexuality, it registers on the body level in your nervous system. There is no hierarchy to sexual trauma and negative sexual conditioning. And that means that it's not about the events that happen. To you growing up, it's about how they register in your nervous system and how they're sitting in it and how your system reacts to certain um, triggers or certain events. Like when you're doing kinky things, like why is my nervous system freaking out? Why am I freezing right now? Why do I just want to run away from the situation? I don't even know. Right. Yeah. So there's just like a lot of unconscious stuff that we're not even aware of that's affecting our sexual experiences. Yeah, that's so interesting because like like I was saying, like for me, it's like I (laughs) the act I don't necessarily get like triggered by. But for some reason with words, I do. And it's so I'm I'm, like trying to kind of figure out hmm, like what what could have been the condition (laughs) that led to that? Because like I said, it's like anything act wise I can do and feel fine. But the second like dirty talk comes into play or even kind of just like speaking at all in general, like during like a sexual act, that's kind of when it starts to trigger me. And I start to get a lot more shameful or even just like in my head or insecure. Yeah. And going in your head is like your body's defense mechanism. And that's like one thing that I hear all the time is that women in particular struggle so hard to stay out of their heads and sex. And this is why. Okay. The reason that you go in your head when you're in sex is because it's a safe place because you don't have to be in your body. Yeah. And Sometimes when you're growing up and you have these negative experiences that happen, you escape your body because it feels safe to like if you get shamed for touching yourself when you're a little kid, or maybe you just like passively picked up the message that it wasn't okay for you to masturbate as a little kid. Yeah. Like, um, when you go to have sex with your partner and you're like, Oh my God, like, why can't I touch myself? Yeah, and masturbate in front of my partner. Yeah. Like a lot of times it's something just as simple as that that'll trigger the experience. It's like crap that's still living inside my body. Why can't I get it out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. okay. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense now. That's a good place to take a quick break and then we'll jump right back in. So another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, and I guess this kind of um, goes in like a through line to everything we're talking about, but I know that you kind of help women expand their pleasure with Tantra. Yeah, I don't really know anything yeah. about tantra. So that's is that something you can kind of talk, touch on, and talk a little bit about? Yeah, totally. Well, tantra is just an ancient practice as well that got developed in the Indian subcontinent around the exact same time that the Taoist jade egg practice was being developed. And tantra is way more than just a sex position. <laughs> okay, a lot of people think it's just some weird way to have sex. Yeah. But 
the actual that has nothing to do with what tantra actually is it is a spiritual path to enlightenment that doesn't really bypass your sexuality on the way getting there okay but there's actually two different paths to tantra right there's a very classical tantra from india and that's more about someone's spirituality, using their sexual energy to really activate high ecstatic, blissful states of being. And then there's like a totally different uh, realm of Tantra that's called Neo Tantra that came about from this guru called Osho. Have you heard of Osho? Uh, no, I have not. Okay. So you'll often see a lot of quotes. Uh, by Osho, like he's pretty well known. He had this crazy compound up in Oregon, I think. Uh, like some people thought it was like a cult. Okay. Um, it was really controversial. There's a huge Netflix series called Wild Wild Country. Okay. All on Osho. And so if you want to learn about him, like it's super fascinating. But yeah. basically, he is the founder of um, Neo Tantra. And that's kind of what popularized Tantra in the Western world okay. was. Osho. And he developed these practices that would help people to really liberate themselves out of their sexual conditioning and to be able to heal each other sexually. So there's a huge healing component in Tantra too. And some of the neo-tantric practices are really amazing for couples because okay. it helps you to like be able to connect in a much deeper, more meaningful way. So yeah. like if you struggle with intimacy in your relationship or your your partners is like uh you're not really connecting on the level you want yeah like some of the the neo-tantra practices are just so beautiful for helping a couple to really ignite that more intimate spark that they might be missing yeah but it's also super cool because it helps you if, especially if you're a dude uh to last as long as you want in bed wow and to become multi-orgasmic as a man yeah <laughs> Wow. Okay. So a man who's yeah. dealing with uh, like coming too quickly or something might be able to use those practices to help him. Absolutely. Yes. Tantra is so great for men that really have some pretty, um, pretty big things going on for him. So if you have like premature ejaculation, uh, that's learning Tantra. About, oh my gosh, it's going to be like the best thing because you start to learn what to do with the turn on instead of just keeping it on your cock, right? Right. And you can actually take the turn on that you feel and move it through your body. And you learn, it's like sexual mastery, right? Like I have a men's program called Sexual Men's Sexual Mastery. And okay. it's all about like how to master your sexual energy as a man so you can last longer in bed, you can become multi-orgasmic even. Wow. Do you feel like men and kind of like the sexual, the more common sexual issues they face also have to do with them kind of being in their head? For sure. Yeah. There's so much performance pressure for yeah. men uh, that it's, it's hard for them to get out of their head about it too, but just in a completely different way. Like for men, it's mostly about, I just want to please her. I need to make sure I can stay hard long enough, right. you know, or right. I want to give her all the orgasms possible. And that often kills an erection. <laughs> like right, in and of so itself, right? That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, like if you put that kind of pressure on your body constantly, your body's going to start freaking out and be like, look, dude, I can't do this. You got to stop, right? For sure. And 
it's like almost the older men get, the, the more that becomes apparent that they have to stop making uh, sex so much about how many orgasms they can give their partner. And they have to start really tuning into their body and listening to their body and learning what to do with turn on, how to channel turn on throughout the body. And yeah, Tantra is like the best thing you could learn to really master sexuality as a man because it gives you the tools and practices about who you're being in sex and not so much about what you're doing. And that's like a learning curve for men. They think they need to do all these things when most women, if you ask them what makes sex amazing, they're just like, sex is amazing when he just is there and he's present and I know he's here with me. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not so much about like what they're actually doing to us. Like, we just want to know you're here with us and you got us. Exactly. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I feel like men put so much pressure on themselves. I actually just had a friend reach out and text me and he was like, okay, you know, sex question, of course I have to come to you. And he was like, I feel like, like women want us to last, you know, maybe 30 minutes or longer and we should be doing like at least three positions. And I'm like, I don't know where you're getting your information. <laughs> but it is definitely not a science, first of all. And second of all, like most women I know, it's like you just said. It's like if they feel like you're there and with them in the moment and they feel that intimacy. And also, like especially if they've orgasmed, it could be 10 minutes and you guys could like have just been in missionary and like staring into each other's eyes for those 10 minutes. Seven minutes, it doesn't matter. Like it, it's not so it's not such a science and it's definitely not such a science that has the pressure of like three positions and 30 minutes. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. That's so ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. It's not about like what you're doing in sex that makes it good for women. It's totally just about like how you're showing up and who you're being and the experience that matters to most women. Absolutely. And I feel like another thing too, it's interesting because I feel like, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, women have this kind of hard time where society tells us that we Um, you know, shouldn't be sexual beings. And so we have kind of like this repressed energy and this social conditioning. But then men, on the other hand, I feel like they're allowed to be sexual beings, but they're not allowed to be like intimate beings. They're not allowed to be like communicative with sex. So, so many men I know, it's like they, they don't necessarily maybe have the same shame that women have, but they have a hard time communicating their needs or asking for the needs of a woman because they feel almost like shame that they don't just inherently know it or if they have a hard time coming or getting hard it's like there's there there can't be like a conversation about it like this very open thing it has to be this thing that they have to kind of like figure out on their own yeah and unfortunately that that goes back to like all the the performance pressure that women put on men like it's rare to be with a guy that like doesn't put that sort of pressure on him or doesn't feel like he's a total loser or, right. <laughs> or a failure at slacks if he's not hard the entire time, you know, which is ridiculous. Like, it's okay that, you know, you I have an issue. I mean, just like women, like sometimes we can't orgasm every time. Do we put that sort of pressure on ourselves that, oh my God, there's something wrong with us. We can't have an orgasm every single time. Well, some of us probably do, but like, there's nothing wrong with you. And the same thing with men, like there's nothing wrong with you just because, you know, you might not be able to get hard in a particular situation and just like dropping the goal around it. Like sex is just so goal oriented these days. For sure. It absolutely is. Oh my God. If we could just drop 
the goals and the expectations and just like freaking be with each other yeah. <laughs> and just like share a, an intimate encounter. Like it doesn't have to be about, about the freaking penis and vagina sex all the time or whatever else, you know, or right. a combination of whatever, you know? Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. journey, not the destination. And that goes for, for sex as well as it does for life. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Exactly. I feel like one of the big things that kind of touches on both of those issues for men and women that I'm constantly hearing about is like the classic scenario where a guy can't come and the girl gets like very upset, not with him, but like almost with herself. And she's like, what can I do? Let's do this. Let's do this. Like, is everything okay? And the guy's like, I just need a minute for you to stop. And I just like, you're making it like worse. Like so many men I know who have talked about it are like, "I, I, I will come to you when I'm ready. But like, I don't need if I like if I can't come in that moment it's fine I don't need you to like vigorously jack me off for another 20 minutes until I do like sometimes I just am not going to and that's okay and like I feel like so many women especially when they're younger and I know I had this if a guy didn't come I was like oh my god like no you have to come or like this wasn't successful oh my god yeah you are so right like that that's so sad that that's what we think right and I think that comes from women being raised and conditioned as people pleasers and overgivers. Absolutely. Most of us have really shitty boundaries with that. Uh, we feel like we have to please everyone. Yeah. And that's the crock of bullshit. So <laughs> stop. Like it's not your responsibility to make your partner have an orgasm every single time. Just like it's, it's not his responsibility to make you have one either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty simple but it's it's a lot a lot easier said than done to stop feeling like that need or compulsion to have to please your partner every single time or sex isn't successful I mean, yeah that's, that's ridiculous absolutely yeah. I feel like it's something I'm still learning every day with my partner where it's like I'm finally in like a confident place where it's like if he doesn't come or if I don't come like it's okay we can still accept that we like had a good time and it's it's not the end of the world <laughs> yeah and like just like you and I like we have sex podcasts, we're, we're sex professionals, you know, it's like, even I have shitty sexual experiences sometimes, like Absolutely. No, one, no couple ever in existence of humanity is going to have the perfect sex every single time. <laughs> so you might as well get that out of your head. Like you are going to have shitty sexual experiences with your partner at some point. And if you don't, then I beg to question what your relationship is actually like. Yeah, <laughs> truly. Absolutely. It's like the same people who were like, yeah, we've like never fought and it's been four years. And I'm like, are I, how often, uh, how yeah. much time do you spend together? Because it's <laughs> crazy to me. Um, another, yeah, thing, totally. another thing I kind of want to talk about that I, I know that you kind of work with is that there are different types of female orgasm, which I feel like a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I and you actually brought it up very briefly earlier. I very recently found out about the A spot. Like I think it's a pretty common misconception that there's the clitoris and the G spot, and a lot of people don't know that there's an A spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as far as orgasms go, honestly, uh, and especially when you learn tantra, you learn that there's different states of orgasm that you can be in. You can actually be like omni-orgasmic, which is like the ultimate state of of orgasm, which okay. is being able to take any experience and make it orgasmic. And this is for women like, oh my God, this is so luscious because the, uh, the basically 
the definition of orgasm is a little bullshit too. Okay. okay. The definition that we have of orgasm is based on a male model of orgasm. Mm-hmm. And for women, that definition is extremely limiting to number one, women's experiences of pleasure and peak pleasure, excuse me, but also uh, it's limiting to what's available to women and men. Yeah. And what I mean by available is that like actually one of the practices I teach my clients is contract emotional liberation. Okay. And that's where you can take any emotion and you can make it an orgasmic experience if you mix it with pleasure. Whoa. And yeah, so this is how you can have like anger gasms, you can have laughter gasms, you can have grief gasms. There's any sort of experience can become orgasmic if you break it down to the sensation, mix that sensation with pleasure, yeah, cycle it through the body, and really let yourself go there and get into it. Yeah. Right. So not only are there like physical orgasmic experiences that you can have in your vagina, like the A spot. Um, and just for those of you that don't know, that is, uh, this, it's a spot about one centimeter to two centimeters, uh, below the cervix mm-hmm. on the anterior side of your vagina. So you can, that's the part that really is going to stimulate, uh, deep vaginal orgasms from penetration with yeah. your partner, a, a male partner or a dildo or whatever. Uh, so that is a really luscious orgasm. And when you mix the A spot with clitoral stimulation, that's what we call a blended orgasm. Okay. And that's what can help women to really open up, um, their ability to have deep vaginal orgasms is to blend it with, you know, the outside vulva of clitoris yeah. stimulation, uh, while you're being penetrated. But, like, obviously, we have all these physical orgasms you can have from your vagina, but you can also have breast orgasms. You can have anal orgasms. Yeah. You can have orgasms from your perineum. Um, and and I just want to say really quick to men, too, that, like, men and anal orgasms is, is an amazing thing. Like, it, it makes me so sad that men are so terrified of anal play or they're terrified to even admit that they like it when I it's know. like I hate you that have there's a such prostate a... there yeah. like <laughs> it's like it's literally <laughs> right there for you yeah it's just like full of pleasure potential and you're afraid to touch it and you know like there's, there's like this complex that men have it's like if i like anal stimulation that must mean i'm gay yes. and i just want to say that's total bullshit that doesn't make you gay it's absolute <laughs> bullshit and it's funny because so many men i know are so against it and they have this stigma and blah 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 and like uh-huh. right the the second they do it they're like oh my god what have i been missing right and like it becomes this like whole <laughs> new world for them so yeah that's mm-hmm. a great message for like straight men who are in like heteronormative relationships it's like it mm-hmm. doesn't take away from your masculinity it do- and also like so many women want to do it. like so many girls i know i don't think i know any women at least in my like circle who were like ew i don't want to do that like so many women i know were like i want to but he doesn't like there's right? so, there's mm-hmm. so many women who just like want to explore that for the guy because they they you know we don't have that kind of like that's stress from like the mass toxic masculinity that society has taught us so we understand that it's more about just like yeah sure like if it feels good let's try it and I feel like men get so much more in their heads about it I've even had a friend who was like 
the guy was like, oh, well, I only want to do it, like, almost like things that women do. It's like, I only want to do it, like, all the lights off and under the covers. Like, it's like this very <laughs> shameful thing that, like, women sometimes deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just that, that fear that if they actually like it, then, oh, my God, what if that means I like men? No, it doesn't. Yeah, they're, they're... <laughs> like If you like men, you like men. But just because you like your butt being touched or your perineum or your... Uh, prostate doesn't make you gay. Yeah, they're not yeah. mutually exclusive, and there's a whole new world to butt stuff with men that I wish that more guys would be open to. <laughs> totally, yeah. And like with a prostate for men, it's a lot like the same thing with a cervix for women. So your cervix is extremely orgasmic too. But most women, when like if they've ever actually touched their cervix or had direct contact with you know a dildo or whatever, then they'll they feel pain there. Like there's a lot of pain there. And yeah. this is what we call um, de-armoring. And when you're learning tantric techniques uh, and the JDEG techniques, there's a lot of things that I teach women to de-armor their cervix. And that just means like once you get past the pain and release it because your vagina and your cervix is like a sponge and it holds on to all the negative bullshit that you got taught and raised with. Yeah. Like once you release the pain, then you can open up to pleasure there, right? So okay. it's like this initial period of like, oh my God, it hurts. But when I teach them the technique and they do it on themselves in like a really safe environment where they feel safe, then they re- they can release all that pain. And that and a lot of times they just numbness. Like they don't feel anything there. Yeah. Like, well, this doesn't feel good. And it's like, no, you just release the pain and the numbness by doing you know applying pressure and holding the pressure there and a lot of shit's gonna come up wow (laughs) and then eventually when you do it a couple times then it starts to become pleasurable yeah and then it starts to become orgasmic and your pleasure capacity just keeps expanding but it takes that initial like de-armoring process being with everything that's coming up, being with the painful sensations at first, and then you get to move into like all this additional pleasure. Like, oh my God, wow, there's like a whole other world on the other side of Spain. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like it's kind of like stretching. Like at first it hurts, but if you like breathe through it and work on it, eventually Uh it becomes like just an easy thing for you to do. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up. I learned more about orgasms than I ever even thought there was to know. So thank you so much for coming on. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And so your website where everything can be found, including the jade egg, is themultiorgasmicmama.com. Yes, ma'am. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Also, if you guys want to share a story or you want to give me an episode or anything at all, you can leave me a voicemail. Call me at 424-245-5102. If you don't want to leave me a voicemail, you can also email me at wtgfypodcast at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And uh, all your her information will be down below in the description. And I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye.